You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Hello, welcome to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Its purpose is to discuss, dissect old, new horror films, every franchise that's going one screen legend at a time. We've deliberately held off on this one. This, uh, we're here to talk around um, the new It film and uh, held this one off for, what, a week and a half ago, I think we saw this. Like, even close to two weeks, actually. And since then, there has, I'd like to say, mixed fanfare out there, as reviews are concerned. Um, despite that, it has broken box office records. Uh, and um, there is a sequel in the works. Um, we knew there was always going to be a sequel in the works, let's face it, but um, it's uh, officially announced there is one off the back of the success of this film. But we're not about to talk about uh, what's coming around the corner. We're here to talk about this particular movie, and in order to do so, I need a team of horror aficionados on hand. So first up, let me introduce you. I am Paul Farrell, the lead surgeon, and I'm joined by Anthony. Hello, Ant. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he's still he's using uh, it's a visual medium. <laughs> that's it. And we're also joined by Greer. Hi. And Richard. G'day. Hey, guys. Welcome. Hey. So you guys were all with us on the last podcast where we were talking about, well, the alternate commentary on, on it uh, miniseries from 1990. Um, I think we left that and I think all four of us were psyched up to see this one. I think, um, I, I think it's fair to say that we probably came at this as like two huge king fans um and paul and i yeah and then and one performance enthusiast yes um and and a guy called ant um and so um, (laughs) it brings nothing to the table oh no i made sure paul i made sure paul arrived late so that was something yeah you got you got us there five minutes late yeah sir don't think I don't contribute. No, so. no, no, that's true. That's true. Fair play. Fair play to you. Um, yeah, 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 of course, of course. So I think, like, the first thing that we should probably talk about before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, I've written down here, nostalgia, what's old is new again. It seems to be, and what I mean by that is it seems to be um, 80s is back, and it's back in a big way. And we can't talk about this movie, It, without talking about the elephant in the room, which is Stranger Things. Right. So, um, and and the reason for that, people may or may not have seen Stranger Things, but the uh, directors of, of and the writers of Stranger Things initially had written up the idea of, um, of doing it in the same kind of vein as Stranger Things. And when oh, they really? tried to sell it to the, uh, to the uh, producers in, the, in Filmland, um, nobody was getting it. They just didn't buy it and said, I don't think it's going to work. So they kind of went, right, well, that's not, let's just write our own it. And Stranger Things was born. Oh, right. Because did they have the rights to it when they wrote it? To it? No, I don't know if they did. No, they were, I think they just kind of went, right, this is, we want to make a, a, a modern take on it. Um, and this is what we would like to do with it. Um, so, um, off the back of the success of Stranger Things, ironically enough, the film producers said, "Hey, that might work with the uh, proposal they made for um, let's uh, let's make one," <laughs> and that's what we got. Um, Stranger Things, <laughs> and it is that. That's the problem. It's really hard not to watch this film without seeing lots of that element creep in, and not even think, forgiving it a little bit. From Stranger Things, who is also in the new film. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. There's a lot. There's a lot of parallels that that are, um, including the guy that was in Stranger Things, the kid. Um. So, yeah. So I just wanted to touch. I mean, obviously, this film also uh, it's set in the 80s as well, which is a which is a shift from the, the original uh, miniseries. Um, presumably because they can then kind of. Uh, fast forward to modern day uh, for the sequel, yeah. um, you know, and, and have it, you know, still kind of within that timeline. But because of that, they also get to play with the 80s, which is like so, they're so in thing at the moment. Um, you know, and Stranger Things is it was partly responsible for igniting that. But I just wondered your comments on that too, because 
there are bits in it which really work in this film, like especially the whole kind of new kids on the block kind of reference stuff that was going on. It's on the block, so, so my one direction. Like I, <laughs> I tell my step, <laughs> new kids on the block were my jam when I was that age. Um, yeah, no, look, I love I absolutely did love that about it. Um, yeah. so I am a purist and I have quite a bit of criticism of the film. I did love mm. the fact that it was set in the 80s because it really resonated with me. I was that age yeah. at that time, clearly not living in a, you know, little town in Maine, but it <laughs> really kind of, you know, like, yeah, it resonated with me in a way that I don't think the 50s in the original series actually did. Well, no, yeah. I, and I agree, and I think it, that was the thing. I think that's what was they were definitely playing their cards right there because it was, uh, they knew that people that uh, grew up watching it were no doubt kids themselves in the eighties. And so it was just bring them right back to that kind of whole sense of nostalgia. And that we think, you know, about, you know, uh, I kind of said her point, older kind of element and it tapping into that zeitgeist. And I know, and you weren't, you didn't really kind of grow up with, um, with it as your forefront of your mind, you know, in the eighties. <laughs> Whereas me eight, um, I, I, I was deliberately kind of being polite there, Greer, but thanks. <laughs> I'm an eighties. I'm an eighties kid. I was more Michael Jackson thriller, you know. You were alive in the eighties. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what, what about you, Richard? Coming from you're obviously the the youngest member of the it's team. Here. Of the what, how did you? How um, did it, how did this comment? Did it, did it or did it resonate or was it just a bit meh? Yeah, no, I, I think I really got on the nostalgia um, trip with it because uh, I enjoyed the whole thing, uh, the whole ride through. Uh, but I think, too, being a grown-up, I think if I saw this when I was younger it, and still had the nostalgia somehow, I would be nitpicking it like crazy. Um, but being able to sit back and just see a completely different interpretation in a way that was... For me, ticking all the like you know adequate sort of boxes and going, yeah, there's jump scares, there's all these big loud noises, but that was um, the the creepiness and the character were just fantastic. All the kid actors, just brilliant. But the fifties itself, I think, if it was done in the fifties, it just would have looked like Stand by Me, and uh, that really possibly nowadays yeah, could yeah. have been. Uh, it would have detracted from such a large story already that's trying to be told in the book. Uh, to screen, sure. it would just been too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and I, I kind of I have to agree with that. I think it's I, I just thought it was a really kind of clever way of kind of making it more relevant for today's audience. Yeah, agreed. And um, like, well, I think when you get to the the next film, which let's face it, we all know there's going to be a next film. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. like these people will be our age at this point in time, like mm. right now, 2017 plus 2018. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, and I think that and the, the terror maybe will be, you know, very much today. Yeah, hopefully they're going to take that sort yeah, of a... Looking forward to that part of it. Yeah, what I've read about the sequel too, they did promise that they build up the horror element on it, which I'm hoping will be the case because I felt like that was sadly lacking in this film. Um, yeah. And it was... Uh, yeah. Um, and interestingly, like I did read as well, just because we are talking around the sequel as, uh, at the moment, is that the uh, the kids will be in it. Oh, cool. Um, oh, really? So, yeah, because um, they are going to apparently do flashbacks. Oh. So it'll be interesting to see how they take that on. And I also, I know we're jumping ahead to the sequels and stuff. And we still got to the nuts and bolts of this. But the other thing I did read is that they are, and I I'm, can see you sitting. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so they are making Mike a junkie. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Mike? Who's Mike? Which one's Mike? And they're going to do the whole, you know, the bit where in the book where they go into the their little den and they do the whole kind of smoking kind of thing and they all start hallucinating. And um, I think what? it's Richie and Mike are the ones that actually stick it out the longest. Do you see how it was born and came came around? Do you remember that in the book? So it Mike's going to be, that's how Mike's going to envision that uh, through his drug taking. Um, and we get the glimpse of, how it was born. Is Mike a, a junkie? Ha, ha, 
How do you feel? <laughs> like, like I, 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 can, I, can I claim racism? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, Mike is okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I just, I, I loved that about. No, um, like I don't know. I don't get that. I loved Mike. I, oh no. See, this is the problem I have with the poetic life yeah. that they are taking. <sighs> yeah, okay, breathe, breathe. It's going to be okay. We'll get you through this. We'll get you through this. Um, okay, let's let's take a look at the Losers Club because um, I want to talk about the, the good elements of the film before we start crucifying it. Um, one thing that stood out from this movie is the... Um, it was the coming of age story. The stuff that Stephen King's really good at when he writes about kids coming together, this really came through and oozed um, the whole way through. Um, and I'm, some of the actors really good in it, I have to say, were really impressive. The actors were, I think, the kid actors were amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. good. So good. I yeah. don't think we've seen a cast of young people probably that good, possibly since a Stand By, since Stand By Me. Like, I, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're great. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to list them off and kind of, because I think they deserve the credit. So, like, um, I'm going to have to start with, um, well, I'll start with Bill, who's played by Jaden Lieberer. Um, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing your surname right. found him probably one of the weakest of the group, which was a shame because he's meant to be such a presence on screen. What did you guys feel about him? And is, is Bill the leader? Like, yeah, yeah. Bill's the tall yeah. guy, right? Yeah, he wasn't that brilliant. He actually has yeah. what I called uh, Daniel Radcliffe syndrome. In that, of the three Harry Potter kids, Daniel Radcliffe was easily the worst. Yes. Yeah. Wait, hey, and, uh, hang on. Yes. Harry Potter. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm bringing everybody down. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly early on, Hermione and Weasley were light years better than Daniel. Daniel's grown, Daniel's grown up to be a fantastic actor, but back then he was he was chosen for his role. Yeah. Well, someone asked him in an interview actually about that and about why he played such a sort of. Uh, uh, they'd seen him in better roles, and they said, "Why were you playing that?" And he said, "Because I was trying to emulate the same character that I was cast in at such a young age." So his excuse, at least, was, "I didn't know what I was doing, but I had I, I endowed that character with these traits at the young age, so I had to continue those traits through sure. as an actor." My comment on, did you say Jaden? What did you say, Sam? Yeah, Jaden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, to be honest, I kind of felt the same thing about Jonathan Brandis in the miniseries. Like, oh, are you kidding? Well, no, I didn't. I just, I, from reading the book, like the, you know, the Bill character is very strong. And even mm. though he has all, I just never necessarily, like, without saying anything bad about the yeah. dead, I never really necessarily bought Jonathan Brandis as the leader of the group. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I did the book, and I get I get what you're saying. He's not. He doesn't look like a like Bill. No, no, no. Um, like and he's. But I, I, I can't. I found. I did like admit. Hmm. Look, I mean. Um. I so let's. It was bad, but cool. I, you know, I didn't. Yeah. I, mm. I don't know. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. It's really good. So. the Bill character. Uh, so <laughs> I always thought that um, Mike, actually, as the leader, because he was the one who came from a historical sort of point of view, in, in the miniseries at least, and Bill more yeah, as yeah, the, yeah. the hit man or the, the muscle, which is strange. <laughs> yeah. I, I've yeah. always been... <laughs> the yeah. tall muscle. Oh, the one with the big gun. Haystack all the way. Let, let's, let's, let's talk about him. He's played by Jeremy Ray Taylor, and I thought he was bloody good in this. Really, uh, really, really believable character, heartwarming. But uh, if we're going to throw criticism out there again, he did steal a lot of Mike's personality from the book. As in, like, he's the one that brings all the knowledge and the information and the history of Derry. True. Mm. And, yeah. and, he, and, and they chose to ignore the whole dam building thing. So what do we think about, you know, ignoring the dam building thing, though? Like, you know, completely ignoring them that brings them together as a, as a team originally. What's the dam building thing? Uh, in the book, they Ben teaches them how to build a dam down in uh, the, oh, what's it called? The Barrens. The Barrens, thank you, Paul. Um, and it's... It, That's right. 
yeah, it's kind of more of a, yeah, it's positive. It's a bit of a team building exercise. It's a bit of a Ben showing his, you know, abilities to kind of, I guess, character build and set up his character for later in life who becomes a very famous architect. Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they didn't use it. Um, so, um, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of things that they didn't use. Yeah, no, that's right. They did lose, they did drop a stuff. So I, I don't want, like I said, my, I did come out of it, I did come out of it kind of semi-thinking it's a shame they dropped some stuff, but I bought them for the way they were able to at least tie me together with it, well, just over two hours, two hours, 15 minutes from what is a very complex um, a novel and story, yeah. Um, you know, I did wonder how they were going to do that. And I think, you know, in fairness, they, they did a, a semi-decent job in that respect. Did the last podcast fall in that, you know, like what three quarters of the book is actually when they're kids and a quarter of it, you know, like it's kind of the, mm-hmm. the flashbacks and the setup and the, you know, like a lot of the, the yeah. story leading up to that kind of penultimate. And, you know, so to kind of cram that three, you know, three quarters of a book or 800 pages or whatever into a two-hour and 15-minute film, that's hard work. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Um, so uh, for me, though, I, I, I've got to say the highlight for me was Sophia Lillis, who played Bev Marsh. Yeah. I thought she was so damn good. She was, yeah, like, she was uh, the one, like, books and stuff, but belied her age. Yeah. Actually, how old is she? Because she did come across as a bit older, I thought. She's a star, man. Mm. Of course yeah, she's girls, but she was, uh, I don't know. Boy, she looked about mm. 14 or 15 to their 11. Like let's just yeah. face that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very true, um, and it, and it showed too. Like she was, she was the one that had uh, grace on screen when the boys were yeah. being kind of boys, you know. So, um, yeah, which is how yeah, it's working real life, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So she was born in two thousand and two. So I don't know. Somebody do the maths on that. <laughs> yeah. oh my God, oh, she's a toddler. <laughs> <Easy>. <laughs> no. Even in subtle scenes. <laughs> like her first scenes with 15. Ben. Okay, that, right, thanks. That was just brilliant. Like her subtle yeah. um, interactions with that. She's yeah, rivaling most adult actors. Mm. No, no, no. Yeah, I thought, really. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't love some of the, you know, like the, in, not implications, what's the, like some of the, the things that they did with her character, though. Like I didn't love the fact that they yeah. tried to imply that she was a slash. And, you know, that there was some kind of incestual relationship between her and her dad when it, that was never really, mm. like, yes, there was violence and, yes, he was very dominant, but it was never really implied that there was a, a sexual aspect to sexual it. element to it. Yeah, so I yeah. that's right. That was probably it, a little I mean, Yeah, it seemed like a natural progression for where to go in the, in the, if it was a movie, it was a movie, that, that felt, a natural thing to me that yeah. to, to, to explain why she is mm. so traumatized um, yeah. and behaves the way she does. Yeah. But at the same time, it's because it was a, a thing to go to. Yeah, maybe it would have been a brave choice not to go there. And that um, just, like, had they yeah. gone with, you know, one of the dare I say it orgy scene, then maybe her being slightly slutty yeah. wouldn't have been such a, you know, like, be, you know, there's what no I'm way they're going to be going to do an orgy scene. Uh, yeah, we talked about the orgy scene. We've talked about the orgy scene from the book. There was blood. It was fine. And they they, they, they skipped over the uh, Patrick part as well. They did skip over Patrick. The part. Yes, it, yeah, yeah. So the only person who was overly sexualized was Beverly, whereas yeah, yeah, there was kind of overly sexualized. A very good look yes. um, done by Patrick Hogstetter when right at the beginning when um. Oh, what's his name? Richie walks past, and he goes, Yeah, you can really read into that, but that's probably all they wanted to touch on. Yeah, yes, I, I, yeah. I thought that too. I thought that was a really good look. Well, that and the homage <laughs> of the balloon yeah. that's in that original scene, isn't it? With Patrick, yes, Hoxeter. yes, 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 that's right, under the bridge, anyway, that's right. Um, okay, so let's let's uh, look at the other the other losers. So we've got Finn Wolfhard who plays Richard Tozier. So he's the uh, kid who was in Things. And let's say face it, the comic relief within the Losers Club too. Um, such a foul mouth. And is that the strange um, kid? It was yeah. Um, 
but I um I found found I did like his character. I thought he played well, but I felt like sometimes did you feel like he was overstretching himself sometimes or a bit too too try hard? I, I thought that was think, more from the directive point of view. Yeah, yeah I think that yeah, would have been, yeah. yeah, been conscious to make him as, as far away as possible from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that kid. Um and every every group of young boys has the one boy that discovers sex first. And always make jokes yep. about it. Well, says he discovered sex. Yeah, says he's been laid and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, they yeah. worked on that, and, and yeah, that, that's, that's his character. True. And yeah, so mm, but mm. yeah, I think that would have been a very conscious choice if you're going to choose the kid from Stranger Things. Yeah, you make him non-Stranger Things as possible because you got him in there. Copies. He's a good actor, but you got him in there because he's got fans, right? Stranger Things. Yeah, fans. yeah, yeah. Stranger yeah. Things took from it. And it took from Stranger Things, which I really find kind of circle. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, and I thought he did well. So the other the other really good performance was uh, like really top notch performance was from Jack Dylan Grazer, who played Eddie Casper. He was really good in this too. Is he and like, um, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's really great. Uh, yeah, he was good. I, I didn't yeah. kind of get as much of a sense of Eddie being quite so hypochondriacal and like Mm. it didn't like yes I got it but I didn't feel it was like as over the top and all the the mum was as over Mm. the top or anything like you know I don't yeah I don't know there's no pushover yeah 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 that's right that's right so yeah I, I, I do understand what you're saying I think um but I kind of like all the same I think there was some uh particularly his encounter with the leper um, outside of Naval Street and that incident, I thought that was a really because it's glossed over in the miniseries. They don't touch that bit, but I do remember in the book how that kind of thing as a kid. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was it was quite. And epic. so I felt like they tapped into that. Yeah. Yeah, that scene was intense. Okay, so the last two, uh, the last two of the Losers Club, just around that up um, is um, obviously uh, Mike Hanlon, who was played by Chosen Jacobs. And um, we had Wyatt Olef, who was playing Stanley. Um, and I, I felt like these guys were underused in a big way. And I wanted to... In the cast to... of seven. Huh? In the cast of seven, someone's going to suffer. I was what I was about to say to you, Anne, because I know that you picked up on that before with your general rule of thumb. Um, do you think that was all it was? It was just too many because there's too many kids yeah. in it? Yeah, uh, seven kids. If they, they tried to pay equal attention to all of them, which is good. But mm. I found, I found because Stan's one was the nun. Yeah, the, the picture. Yeah. picture. I can, by the time he actually tells the kids I got scared by a woman, I completely forgot that it happened. Because <laughs> yeah. I was having trouble keeping up with who's being scared by what. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, but I also feel like Stan was... Never like a mass like Stan always felt like a periphery character anyway, and I think like, yeah. reflective of the fact that hashtag spoiler alert. You know, no, no spoiler alert. Uh, but you know, I, I I do feel like Stan was always probably the most underrated and underutilized character. Yeah, and I think as a child, like in the book especially, but you know, like I don't think Mike was ever really that big a character yet. No. Series in the book, Mike as an adult is the narrator, though, mm. and clearly yeah. having, having decided not to have Mike as the narrator in, the, in these versions, yeah. to kind of you know again bring him, like kind of make him more of a you know supplementary player, I guess. Yes, yes, and no, I agree. And as you said, focus more on the main characters. Yes. So you've been and you've been, and you've been, and you've been the bees, all the bees. All the bees, all the bees do well. That's it. Yeah, with Wolfheart. They never say that, but they um I heard I saw a review, um someone was saying that because he swears so much, it could be a new thing that they're saying beep beep as in like you know, the, the censoring. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ah. okay. Oh yeah. That's just thought that was a cool like, little twist. Triceratops. Uh, all right so um let's uh so uh, as we all agree the uh the kids in general the kids were were pretty were pretty cool in this and um and what kept you going with with the film itself really and 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 their interaction with one or one another um 
but let's let's talk about the threat that kind of is supposedly uh, there to unite them as as a an energy force in Pennywise, um, played by Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> about him, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about him? Yeah, yeah, it was good, but he was young and he wasn't Tim Curry because Tim Curry was a creepy, <laughs> creepy ass fucking clown. Yeah, where straight off the bat he's de- he's demonic, he's dirty, he's filthy. He's, yes, you know he, he's got blood effectively coming out of him. He's like he's he's clearly a demon. Whereas the beauty mm. of Tim Curry's performance is he's, he's he's a serial killer. In fact, what you think he is until he until he bears his teeth. He's very normal. Yes. He's just yeah, creepy yeah. as fuck. <laughs> um, and so I heard, I read somebody else had said he's kind of the new one is as as awesome as he is is a one trick pony. He's got one tone, and he hits mm. it, and he's just scary. So um, and I and I put that down to choosing somebody who's young and got, he's got a good look. Don't get me wrong. Um, yeah. But was he? He didn't tap into my childhood fear of clowns because I I actually have it or had it. Uh, because yeah, Tim Curry was that. He was like, everybody's yeah, thinking yeah. perfectly normal, and I'm thinking as a kid, it's creepy as hell. Why isn't nobody seeing this? And that's mm. what he kind of had. Mm. Where straight off the bat, if anybody saw a clown with that, this, like this young Pennywise with the big head mm. and the demonic, the demonic smile, you're like, oh, that's not right. Um, so um, yeah, and that's and it's interesting because I think that goes to the heart of we went because of because he was trying to be scary, we weren't scared. I think yes, it, 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 you know, which was the complaint. I think a lot of you guys had, and not even I had. I, I admit I wasn't scared. I was impressed, and I thought the effects were great. And I thought it's a, it's a fun story. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. But, see, I felt like yeah. the effects took me out of the film. Right. Yeah. Um, because they were too. I mean, I, it's a hard one because I get what they were doing. They were trying to convey it, anyways, um, as this other entity. Um, you know, the otherworldly entity, I should say, mm. um, to convey without using CGI. Um, mm. you know, and so I felt like that was a probably a, a good, that they were trying to address, but I just felt there were points of it that they just took me out. And I was saying to this, to Richard off, off, off record, um, offline, that um, the, the character itself just felt like he kept coming into things and going, and then going yeah. off. Yeah, Gary and you're just like, have what? Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, but what? What's his purpose? Finish him off. Finish him off. It was like, I was sort of thinking, is he like the creeper from Jeepers Creepers, where he he scares mm. people so he needs to know if he can eat them? But I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like you got them and you got them cornered. They're terrified. Finish them off. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless so it got... is that you know he has to feed off their fear, like you were saying. So he has to kind of keep, you know, tapping like away at the edge to get them juicier. Yeah. Yeah. Before he yeah. can consume them, you know, because that's the thing with when in the end of the film, when he, you know, kidnaps Bev and takes it, takes her back to his lair, he can't consume her because she's not afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why she's kind of caught in that kind of limbo land. Um, I don't know. So, mean the same of all the kids who are floating at the top again, hashtag spoiler alert. But all those kids, are they all floating because they can't be consumed yet? I don't know. That's an interesting question, Richard, and very well raised. And so with the kids. Um, <laughs> we'll, get back, we'll get back to you on that. I always thought that, you know, like if you if you were sort of floating in midair, you were more, I guess, you know, petrified mm. That's a, yeah. you know, by the deadlights as opposed to not being, uh, you know, afraid. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I mean, the, I, think, I, I think the voice of taking Beverly, I, I didn't love that because Bev, Bev was, you know, always not afraid and yeah, yeah, he was going to go down there with the boys and I, it did bother me that they made that. Mm. Um, Classic damsel, yeah, in distress. Yeah. Or if, if they could have done it where she doesn't smash him over the head, the father, so she's still fearful of that entity. Yeah. And that's yes. in what yes. Is, but Yes, agreed. Yeah. But if I can, like, can I step back for a second just to go back to Pennywise and yeah. old mate Bill Skarsgård? Yeah. Old. Um, I, like, I, I personally just think he's too good looking. I have a 20-year-old who is in love with him. Yes. Being her bae all the time. Doesn't care <laughs> that he dresses up as a clown with that crazy. 
creepy face shit going on and and everything. She still loves him. No, I just like I I think you know Tim Curry was fascinate is fascinating because he has such a really interesting face and it's mm. like, like agreed. I, I know certain people have had the hots for him or, you know, thought he was attractive, <laughs> but I don't think... I'm not looking at you, Richard. <laughs> not, not judging at all. <laughs> but yes. Had an interesting, <laughs> and that interesting face, you know, like did lots of things. And like, I, you know, I, I see him as it, then I see him as um the, you know, the grit, like um, in Home Alone 2, when they do that scene where it goes from his face to the Grinch and the Grinch... Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have a lovely day. And yeah, he's quite <laughs> <laughs> like kind of expressive, you know, animated face. And I did feel like you know, like that Bill Bill Skarsgård is very much, uh, you know, it was it was all or nothing. There was no kind of no like 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 no shade really. Like there was yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, look, I, I thought that what they did with his face was fantastic. Yes. Like, the fact that it, like, the line joined all the way down and everything, I think that was mm. a contest mm. for the, like, sort of the makeup and the design, production design and whatnot. Um, but I didn't particularly find him scary because I think in the back no. of my mind he was always just too good-looking a guy and not, mm. you know, and not not to mention the fact that I was just, I was hoping it would be terrifying and I sat there through the whole yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I felt the same. I was, I was let down from that point of view, very much so. Um, what do we also think about um, Pennywise becoming a gay icon alongside the Babadook? Oh, the Babadook, really? <laughs> yeah, that's Have all people that? that. You think he's yeah. going to come out in favour of marriage equality? That's all I want to know. That's, that's all that is. All right. If you're trying to get religious people on side to magical, you've <laughs> got two demonic demonic creatures <laughs> yeah, inhabiting uh, yeah, children that are tailors. Yeah, and the weird kind of and the weird kind of dance thing he does as well, which is you know fast become a, yeah. a moving gifting. Yeah, yeah, that's been kind of doing the rounds a bit too. Yeah, so like, um, yeah, interesting. Like, so I think con- con- general consensus is that the visual look was there, but like the actual kind of scare factor was missing. Um, I think is where we're coming from as a group consensus on that one. But just um, on Bill as well, if I can. Yeah, um, uh, I- I've been watching a lot of interviews with him, and he's been saying he-, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities to be able to play these sort of roles. So I mm. think he's sort of feeling his way through it too. And mm. when you give him, okay, this is an overpowered cat, like character that we can't even fathom in the realm what are you going to be able to do with that so i think he's relied heavily on the director who also hasn't really been able to give him what he's needed or as you said he's a young actor still to be able to give this tim curry at least has had broadway like he has uh, had quite an established (laughs) skeleton career um uh, and doing all of that um but uh he had that lip thing that apparently set him out in the audition that um yeah he's a really huge brother apparently he's his brother Right. Okay. Okay. But um, I loved the what that uh, seeing such a new portrayal of it, and also taking that old school clown aspect to it. I agree. I wasn't really looking forward to it being terrifying. I wasn't. Mm. Yeah, I I love a scare, and I got the jump scares here and there. Um, but it was more from that fucking radio that kept going off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Georgie, god damn it, god damn it, Georgie. Um, (laughs) But uh, I'm I. I think the demonic presence, the huge head, the the obvious, yeah, unapproachableness mm. for me, took it away from him being creepy. Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah, CG. Great. I liked all that, but it was it was more of a nostalgic point, I think, from that for me. So, like the other thing I was going to yeah. say was um, just because uh, we're kind of touching on the on the director. Um, so, just to mention him by name, he's Andy Muschietti. Um, and just before the release of this film, like the previous film he did was Mama. Um, yes. And I watched that, and I really didn't think it was that good a film. Um, and I, I, don't know right. if, I don't know if any, anyone else has oh, and seen it and said it's all right. Yeah, um, yeah so the bits in it that kind of let me down, I just found it a bit yeah. washy. And so when I was coming into this film, I was also a little bit dubious about he, how how he would be able to pull this off um mm. and i feel like he didn't quite make it 
in this instance. And it's going to be interesting to see because he is attached to do the sequel. Um, and but here's the thing. It's, he's made a shit ton of money, right? It's, yeah, it's, that's it's, exactly it. Yeah. So to his ego, he's like, he totally, totally crushed it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm <laughs> disappointed that Carrie Kanaga didn't end up staying on the film. Like, I think it would have been a different film. Yeah, yeah. Involved. But look, I still, I still maintain, like I walked out of it going, I'm not sure how I feel, and I still don't know how I feel about this. Um, I was hoping to see it again before we did this podcast. Um, really? Run out of time. Yeah, I was hoping to do the same. Watch the Russian version because it's oh no in uh, <laughs> Russian, and so it just goes oh no at the beginning. Of the <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, I do. I would like to watch it again, just so I can kind of, you know, like step away from it. Because I do think they spent most of it, you know, as Richard said, you kind of sit there waiting for the jump scares, and I sat there the whole time, kind of bracing for it to be terrifying. Yeah. But it wasn't ter- as terrifying as I was expecting. I, I think I missed a lot of things on the way to w- waiting for it to be scary, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. But, Going there, knowing that, like, maybe I jumped three times and just sitting there and actually, like, really enjoy it and embrace it and try and, like, taking everything that I missed last time. Mm, for mm. sure. I, I completely agree with all of that, Greer. That's exactly how I felt. Because, strangely, I do want to see it again, um, which says something about the film, surely, like, that you're drawn to kind of rewatch it. Um, my last, the last thing I just want to touch on is the Stephen King factor because um, you know we we're talking about how it was take they've obviously taken creative license uh, to kind of create this uh, this film. Um, but what do you think about how? I mean, he's never kind of been out of the limelight, but this film in itself has reawakened, I guess, a new generation's awareness of of him, and that can only be a good thing, surely. Yeah. I think definitely. Sure. Um, a lot of the kids I know who haven't even seen the film uh, have been saying how about Pennywise and been talking about it the same way I used to talk about it or or yeah. talk about it. Is it so I, I'm loving that it's just a new craze that's mm. out there. Look, I mean, I think it's fantastic. And I do, I, I haven't read any of his stuff lately apart from rereading it. Yeah, um, same. I, you know, like from all of the reviews I've read, and the reason I haven't done it, I guess, is because I've read reviews and I've heard stories yeah. and, and I don't feel like any of the stuff that he's doing now probably is as good as yeah. the other you know, works he was doing in the 80s and the 90s. Yeah. That too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like with music, you know, there's bands that aren't, like, don't release yeah. that are anywhere near as good as they used to release in the 80s and the 90s, but they're still doing it because, you know, yeah. I think I'm calling out you two on that one. All artists have their peak years. Well, yeah, exactly. But, you know, like, I think it's great it's that, twin you know, like, that we are actually, like, we are reviewing this, like, love for Stephen King. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, agreed. And, and I know that there's been some TV miniseries and there was a bit of interest, you know, when Under the Dome was on and, mm. and obviously The Dark Tower, which has obviously been fairly yeah. Or The yeah. Mist as well. And the mist, which the mist yeah. is that going on, or did that get canned? I heard a rumor. Uh, I thought it had got canned, I, but no, it, yeah. it got made. But it's just I don't think it, the writing's not very strong. I don't think it was a very good season. Apparently, yeah. Netflix showing now. I, I, I didn't read the article the other day because I'm busy. But there was a, a new um, they've commissioned a new Stephen King novel into a TV show for Netflix. I think or Apple. oh, I read that somewhere. Yeah, I can't remember which one it is. It, it's a short. I think it's one of his short films. Yeah. Uh, short films, short novels. Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, and I can't remember. Love me, think what it was called. But yeah. The Green Mile. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Shawshank Redemption yeah. is probably one of yep. the classic twentieth yeah. century films. Yeah. Based off well, a Sorry. Yeah. You even got uh, the short story of um, Children of the Corn, which could even have another six films <laughs> that uh, I could make now. Yeah. Uh, like, apparently, he's uh, Stephen King's because uh, he's got rights to some of his uh, stuff again, and he's basically put an all out ban on any more Children of the Corn films because because <laughs> <laughs> they're shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 then you want it. It's a needs a new revival now that Terminator is over. So. <laughs> No more Terminators. <laughs> no more Transformers, actually. 
Yes. Well, there was there was rumours that Pet Cemetery was going to be remade. I mean, they made uh, Carrie, but that was terrible. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that. There is the Carrie-esque scene in it, though. Mmm, yeah, the blood I bath. I love that. Mmm, literally a blood bath. That was really awesome. I really liked that. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I did like that as well. Have to did anybody notice that the kid, the little kid's Lego toy was a turtle? Yeah. Yes, I did notice yeah. that. Yeah. That only occurred to me the other day. Yeah, I think I think um I think it was a way of kind of subliminally kind of saying that the turtle's presence is always there. Yeah, I think what was it the director uh, mentioned that he didn't want to have uh that aspect of because it was so far out there. I think I remember yeah. something like that. Someone just said it's a tortoise, not a turtle. You don't want them <laughs> in the water, they drown. Um, <laughs> why won't you swim? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but no, no, it's a good point. Okay, so I think um, let, let's just kind of do a quick kind of group um, on uh, discussion on the final thoughts on the movie as a whole. Um, where do we stand on this? Because I, I'm gonna, I am gonna leave Greer to the end um, purely because, and but I will say that she did come out of the movie going. I don't know how I feel. I really don't know how I feel. And I get that. I totally get that. Oh my god, she sounds just like her. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, what well, so Richard, what did you what was your overall kind of thoughts on the film? I dug it. I thought it had uh, it was a fantastic time. I think it was mainly the nostalgia of it, like being able to watch it all again and see a different take on it that was able to take uh a much further step like Georgie's arm getting ripped yeah. off, like that scene. Um the the kid coming down the stairs like some of the, those moments that i don't know if they're in the book necessarily but they were so iconic um the kid with the eggs um yeah. i did uh, end up seeing the woman behind in the library and things like that and a little yeah, ominous things awesome. like that yeah um, were fantastic I mm. yeah i really i remember i was talking about it we didn't mention it in this podcast did we but just uh, for listeners there like there's there's a bit where um uh uh Oh, my mind's just come back. Ben is in Ben is in the library, and the the librarian lady's out of focus in the background. But she starts standing in this kind of really crooked, awkward way, um, staring and, at Ben as he's looking in the book. Yeah, and she just looks really creepy at that point, even though she's out of focus. But yeah. I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um, cool. And what about you, Anne? Where did you end up on this film? Uh, yeah. Look, I, yeah, wasn't scared. I was more scared watching Chucky with you two because you probably noticed I jumped a couple of times. <laughs> you were jumping left, right, and center. That was hilarious. I've got a, I've got a thing about <laughs> knives and throats. I don't, throat oh, I don't like that. I really what? don't like that. The fact, <laughs> the fact that that fucking dog just carries a scalpel everywhere sets me yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was um, cool. Um, but cool. That oh, one, uh, I, She's I, gone. Oh, 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 Let's set her off. She's got to get a scalpel. Yes. This is the yeah. This is where one of you go. Hey, Ed, who's that guy behind you? And I go, ha ha, really funny guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, there. We didn't watch anything. Like right there, right there. Um, yeah, look, it was a good film, but in, in terms of like the actual story, the kids and how they were they were performed, and their interaction, I really enjoyed it. I thought the effects were great, and I thought the vision visuals were interesting, but not scared at all. Um, and so, as a story, it was interesting. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed it, yeah. but I can understand why fans were pissed off yeah. because it's. And I don't know the reason why it wasn't scary is that, you know, that that classic thing that other films were built on, on films like yeah, it. Yep. and so mm. it's so like used to at, at at its heart, it can't really improve on those films unless it reinvents itself entirely, which would really piss you fans off. So I don't know how much that's it's that or, or or you know maybe the director made wrong choices and you could have made it scarier. I don't know. But as a film, I enjoyed it. I thought the acting was great. Yeah. Directing was great. Um, I mean, I thought the acting and directing was great in Wonder Woman, too, and I hated that film. <laughs> but, uh, um, but no, I, I, yeah, it was, it was good, but it wasn't scary. And I, and I, I don't get the anger from hardcore fans because I haven't read the book. I can imagine. Sure. Yeah. Sure. No, I agree. And even in just in defense of adaptations, uh, like even when you uh, 
every medium has its own reinvention. So every storytelling uh, should be from that perspective. So even when you mm. see uh, The Shining and you go, oh, he threw out so much or, or, or just didn't include so many aspects, yeah. yet as a film, it's so different and a completely different film yeah. from the miniseries and the, and the, um, the book. Yeah. So I do think that yeah. the medium is important, but as you said, Greer, like, you know, condensing so much down into three hours or however much longer and then still keep you watching um, yeah. whilst then trying to deliver on scare after scare um, and not piss off the fans too much. It's, it's yeah. very hard. <laughs> yes, it's a fine line. It's a fine line. Yeah. So, like, speaking of hardcore um, fans, then. There you go. Greer, mm. give, us, give us your final take on it. Look, I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. Um, yeah. I thought it had some really interesting, like, some really interesting things about it. I think some of the the poet, their poetic license, I didn't, I didn't necessarily love it. Look, mm. I am not a horror movie fan anymore. Like, I used to be when I was younger, but I yeah. feel like they've just become far too formulaic now. Yeah. It's the same skin. Yeah the same way every time and I would rather read a good book or watch a good TV series than sit for two hours being scared by some freaking doll or some creepy dude behind me. I was waiting for him to turn up behind Ant then. <laughs> and I do feel like it kind of fell into some of those kind of horror movie, you know, like cliches, yeah. which is probably what I was most disappointed about. That being said, I think the acting was phenomenal. The kids were incredible, particularly the girl who played Beverly. Yeah. And that's not just a girl power thing. That's actually a crime. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But I do want to watch it again because I think I'll watch it and I'll take a lot more away from it than I did the first time. But is it scary? I don't necessarily think so. Mm. Um, but, you know, Stephen King thinks it's scary and he wrote yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I know. I read that too. He yeah. does um, also own part of the rights, so like he's going to sell it. Yeah, it's a Dan Aykroyd movie. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like was it freaking Tom Cruise and Jack Reacher, and the, the guy who wrote Jack Reacher said yes. I can totally see Tom Cruise at five foot six playing a character <laughs> I wrote at six foot five because he's fucking <laughs> getting paid. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's a bit like that. All right, my 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 final take on it was that it was a great coming of age drama. Um, it wasn't a horror film. Um, and that's how, because it was, it was really good. Like the kids were great in it. They interacted really well. They're really engaging. Um, it just wasn't scary. And look, it's, and I don't mean that to be such a, a sweeping generalization, um, of a, of a critique. Oh, um, it's, um, she's gone again. She's had enough. Yeah, that, um, he, um, but, but the reason why I'm saying that is because, um, and it's, I just don't want to, it's hard because as we, we've said it already, like you're trying to kind of crowbar in such a wealth of content into a short time frame, and something's got to give. And unfortunately for me, the thing that gave was Pennywise. And that's a shame because he's an intriguing, interesting character and they could have done so much more with him than they did. I went in there really hoping they'd go dark and I don't think they did. Um, but having said all that, it's a really entertaining film, and I do recommend people go and watch it because it is a it's a fun watch. Mm, absolutely. Um, just on that, where what, what would you classify it as, if not a horror? It's a coming of age drama. So yeah, just a, a drama. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I felt it the same too. I felt it just to had me, a, a bit of a, a spiritual kind of you know fantasy element to it. That have friends. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I sat, sat with it. Um, cool. But it'd be interesting how, would you, how, would you, how would you have made it darker, real quick? Well, yes, Give me an example. Kind of, well, all right. Well, kill more kids for a start. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like there's a whole there's a whole array of stuff in the book where a lot more killings are happening, and that kind right. of just gets lost over in, in the film. Yeah. Like it doesn't get touched on. Wait, like, like yeah, there's a missing poster, you know, of a kid, and it's just a bit. Oh look, there's another kid that's gone missing. Um, but we kind of, you actually see the creature kind of stalk and kill kids um, ah, in, in the book, yeah. you know? So, we like, had a lot more moments of that, that real horror creeping. Yeah, thing. to me, that was missing. That. So, so uh, when we, uh, when we, 
when they uh and it's tough it really like that's what i'm saying like i cannot emphasize enough how difficult a task it is to do it because mm. you do want to convey the uh the losers club and how they unite and how you know um how warm and fuzzy that makes you feel and how it reminds you as when you were kids and connecting with your own friends and stuff growing up and how you do believe the unbelievable and you do stick together through thick and thin when times are tough um and and all the stuff that kids do and just be stupid and you know and stuff like that and that's there on screen and it's it's great to see that but when you try and do that and then throw in a horror element to it too it's it's a, it's a fine balancing act and it's um as i said i just don't think it paid off there's a great moment in Neville street where the kids the three of the kids went into Neville street and i felt like Pennywise's character was deliberately trying to separate them and pick them off one by one because then it could concentrate on their own individual fear. But when they're together, it's a harder tackle to yeah. to approach. And I thought that was really well done. And I was just hoping for more of that, you know. But um, yeah, it just wasn't to be. But I, like I like I said, I don't want to be a complete kind of naysayer because um, it was it had its elements and it, it, it's the kids part was really good, really interesting. But yeah, a horror? No, unfortunately not. Paul, just one more question. Is that a circus tent behind you? Because that's just yeah. yeah, I just saw that. I noticed yeah. that too. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Start doing that weird. That dance. Yeah. <laughs> that's my interpretation of that anyway. That's great. No, I got a very sense, uh, a great sense of friendship and that sort of camaraderie sense, much more than a, a horror feel. It felt like something I would watch at a, a Halloween party, but it doesn't look like something that I would watch to get scared. Having said that, yeah. the scariest, the last film I saw scare the shit out of me was Haosu. It was a Japanese film, and fuck, that's just <laughs> surreal horror, and it's yeah. just like imagery of craziness. But yeah, uh, no. Asian horror is very good at that. You know, I find like, you know, you're right, they've got some way of just tapping into that kind of really yeah. creepy eeriness. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Sounds and everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Well, <laughs> on, on that note, um, uh, thanks again for joining us for the Sessions of Horror discussions. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on um, on the film itself. Uh, do kind of drop us a line and let us know. Um, until then, I'm your lead host, Paul Fowl, and joining me again for this podcast was Anthony. Hi. Here, and Richard. Hey. Ciao, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hi. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Music supplied by Peter Nezik. For more discussions or podcasts, head over to surgeonsofhorror.com or head over to our Facebook and Twitter sites for the latest news and updates.